0: One of the biggest things that people need to be prepared for when it comes to PR is showing up, being ready, being available, and at a moment's notice because. People always think that, well, I shouldn't say people always think, but sometimes people believe that with the media, when we're scheduling interviews, we're shooting for a specific date and time that aligns with your calendar. And yes, we're going to be able to book it two weeks out so that you have (laughs) enough time to prepare. No, ma'am, no, sir. It does not always happen like that. Some stuff we can't do like that. But others, just like what you say, because I know I be pulling on you all the time, be like, Lamar. Are
1: you ready? (laughs) Stay ready,
0: stay ready, stay ready so you don't have to get ready.
2: what's going on family welcome to another episode of the traffic sales and profit show my name is lamar tyler i'm your host and if you're a black entrepreneur looking to grow and scale your business or looking for avenues ways strategies to build create protect more wealth you're in the right spot and i'm excited because today we're talking about how to get your product or service in front of more people with press and publicity. Too many times I meet entrepreneurs, they have a great product or service, but just don't have enough people that know about it. And we're here with the expert today, yes. Candace Ledbetter. What's up Candace, who's also my no. publisher too, let me be clear about that. Yes,
0: yes, yes. I'm happy to be on this side. Normally I'm the person booking people for stuff like this, but today I get to be that
2: person. Yes you do, you're in the blue chair. And hopefully
0: I can remember everything that I tell my clients to do. And <laughs> They're gonna right. be watching like, you ain't do this, be like, you Candace, ain't do this. Wait a minute, what you talking about? They're
2: gonna send you notes. Exactly right. <laughs> Here's my recap of your performance <laughs> exactly. on the PSD show. Uh, this is cool. So, so I want to share a lot of nuggets with the people yes. that they can use to get in front of more people. Because, like, like, let's just talk about that before we talk about anything else. Okay. Like I said, I see a lot of people, great product, great service, great business, mm-hmm. but just not enough people know about it. Right. Like, like, is that true? Is it? you see the same thing?
0: All the time. All the time. We get calls all the time from people who have things that are great, things that are newsworthy, but they don't get the visibility that they want. They see their peers getting the visibility and they're like, I know my stuff is better, <laughs> you know. But as far as things that they have, they don't know how to position themselves in, in the media. Um, and then that's where we come in. We come in to help them find what's newsworthy about themselves, about their service, about their product, and then help them to align it with what the media would be interested in hearing or talking about.
2: Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. Is, is that more than what most people normally imagine when they think about? Hey, I need press. You know, do they just think like, hey, I just roll up and do my thing? Not that I need to find out. What the media would be interested in and then figure out how to present it? Right.
0: Product. We see that all the time. We we have seen people who felt like, oh, the press should just automatically be interested in, in just the fact that I have this product or service, but that's not how it works. What they don't realize is that, especially as publicists, um, we are storytellers. So because we are storytellers, we have a special skill that helps to package What's newsworthy about them in a way that would be attractive to media? Sometimes people just roll up, like you said, just roll up and be like, "Okay, I have this product. I'm having this event and the press should want to talk about it. No, no, it doesn't work like that. It has to be something that is attractive to the media to make them want to be a part or to be um, there to cover whatever it is that you have. So, (laughs) right. Exactly.
2: So what type of things is the press or the media normally looking for?
0: Well, the press and media, they're looking for anything that is timed correctly or anything that is timing with basically whatever the season is. For instance, if it's tax season, then that's a timing opportunity for accountants and people who deal with financial investments and stuff like that. Um, They are also looking for prominence. Um, A lot of times, prominence involves celebrities because they're prominent people. Um, But, it's not just for celebrities it's also for experts subject matter experts such as yourself and other people who have a zone of genius that can add to current conversations um i want to go back to timing real quick because also with timing there is what we call news cycles and a lot of times with those news cycles um if something is breaking news um then People have an opportunity to jump in on those news cycles, especially if they if they have something, a product, a service or something that they've experienced in their life that relates to what's going on in the news. Prime example, during COVID, everybody became newsworthy. That's and, true. and the reason why I say that is because, yes, COVID is happening And of course, they want to talk to medical experts and they want to talk to doctors and people who are on the ground, on the front lines. Yes, they want to talk to them, but they also want to talk to the parents who now have gone from working in corporate environments to working at home on Zoom calls and also becoming homeschool teachers for their children. So those are human interest stories that that now become newsworthy because of what's happening in the world. And so you could be somebody who is a CEO of your own company and then but you have to also balance that now with teaching your child at home, making sure that they're connecting online and that. But the tips on how you're making it happen or the strategy that you're using mm-hmm. that's working making it work for you and your child that is what we can package and send to the media to make you newsworthy and make them want to interview you you
2: know that, that's good because what it makes me think about is the fact that uh, you know i used to work at a tv station not mm-hmm. you know in the press but I in the it department but just from seeing operations a lot of times they want to be able to tell the same story multiple ways yes from multiple points of view, from, from multiple, multiple lenses, and especially if it's a mm-hmm. big news story. So, for example, like you mentioned, COVID, mm-hmm. COVID was a big news story, and it's going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. So I remember telling people the same thing: like, all right, they're going to get all the stuff with the doctors, but after the, it's over with the doctors, they need more stories. Yep. Because you're tuned into to learn and and have a COVID conversation. That's right. But once you you know once you get like the initial layer from the first couple of weeks about, hey, this is all what the think tanks say. Like I said, you want to know what the new normal is going to be like. Exactly. You want to know, like, hey, you know, do we got toilet paper? Then I got toilet paper. Exactly. Is it something else I can use other than toilet paper? Exactly. You know, <laughs> how are other people dealing with these things? Like and, all the other places of it.
0: And just with what you just said, new normal, that became a thing, you know, mm-hmm. during COVID. So, so when these news cycles happen and when these, um, these opportunities arise, look for those key words, new normals. The reason why I say that is because when you pitch to the media, you can put, hey, this." you can put those keywords in your subject line that will make them want to open that email and see what you have to say. That's good. You know, new normal or anything that's a keyword related to what it is that the news is talking about, the media is talking about, it'll get them to open it.
2: And the other thing you're making me think about is that when we talk about press, I feel like you have to be ready to move in a moment's notice. Oh you my know, God. right now I've done a, yes. a bunch of press over the years. Mm-hmm. And most of the times, it feels like it would go, hey, you know, here's a call from CNN on Tuesday. Can you come to studio Wednesday? Or oh, hey, like this radio station, you know, you hit me up be like, hey, I got you this radio station, but <laughs> well, they want you there tomorrow morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> In Houston. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're on
0: the red eye tonight. <laughs> but no, exa- I'm so glad that you brought that up because one of the biggest things that people need to be prepared for when it comes to PR is showing up, being ready, being available. And at a moment's notice, because People always think that, well, I shouldn't say people always think, but sometimes people believe that with the media, when we're scheduling interviews, we're shooting for a specific date and time that aligns with your calendar. And yes, we're going to be able to book it two weeks out so that you have (laughs) enough time to prepare. No, ma'am, no, sir. It does not always happen like that. Some stuff we can't do like that. But others, just like what you say, because I know I be pulling on you all the time, be
2: like Lamar. Are you ready? <laughs> so, stay ready, obviously. stay ready Stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. Did you like what you just heard? Well, let me tell you about this real quick. We want to expose you to something that's amazing and that is the TSP Mastermind. If you are a business owner that's trying to reach your next six, seven, or eight figures in business and you're looking for a community of like-minded, purpose-driven, and ethical entrepreneurs, then guess what, you're in the right spot. We have a 12-month program with one-on-one coaching, accountability, trainings, events, and more in order to help you reach the next level in your business. For more information, visit www.trafficsalesandprofit.com.
0: Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So anyway, um, I definitely want people to prepare to be ready to move on a moment's notice. That's
1: good.
0: Um, There are instances where we can pitch for a month, two months, and if the media does not bite when we're trying to get our clients on at that time there may be three months down the road that they say hey so remember that client you pitched us um we had them on our list and we have a show coming up that we are doing tomorrow and we need that person to be ready by zoom by 9 a.m is that is that possible are they ready for that we gonna find and we're gonna make sure and so we reach out to our clients and unfortunately some people who aren't ready they will drag their feet or they will um, not be available oh. and not understanding that in those moments, and this, this is very important to understand in those moments, if a television station or a radio station or whoever it is needs your expertise at a moment's notice, if you're not available, they're going to find somebody else. Definitely. And when they find somebody else, however that person does, that will now become one of their go-tos because that person was ready. Yeah. And they and sometimes you do have to drop what you're doing to make it happen, especially if it's if it's worth the opportunity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So
2: that, yeah. and that's good because it makes me think about times when we've done like real last minute stuff for press. Um, it's almost like it deepened our relationship with yep. to produce the weather scheduling even more when we, A, were able to come in, because they appreciated it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, they Oh, you supposed to, this your opportunity. They appreciate the fact, they were always like very gracious that, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Yeah. We know this last minute, right? Thank you for coming in. But then the other thing is, whenever we were rocking, it, it felt like they took mental note of, hey, they were able to come in last minute without a lot of prep mm-hmm. and kill it, Oh, I need to get them down on a book because a lot of times situations like that come up and they know you're somebody they can depend on.
0: Exactly. And that's very important because, like you said, they appreciate it, especially producers. Producers with television, they are under the gun for so many things that for radio and anything broadcast and even some writers like they are so under the gun with trying to plan stories. And they may have somebody lined up that cancels like 10 minutes before or a day before and they need somebody immediately so when you avail yourself to be to fill in the gap then it's like okay like you said they like the way you flow and then boom we will go back to this person maybe even we'll go to that person first
2: before we go back to the
0: other person that we already
2: had on the roster you know what i'm saying so yeah all right that's good so i want to give people some actionable nuggets they can take (laughs) but first i just want to ask you personally how did you get into this I mean, were you, like, in eighth grade, like, my dream is one day <laughs> to land press? You're telling no. your, your, your brothers, like, one day you'll be in the press, courtesy of me. I exactly, mean, were, were, right. Like, how'd you, how'd you get here?
0: Oh, wow, well, Lamar, you know, I like to say PR chose me. <laughs> <laughs> chose me. Um, but I will say that growing up, I have always been, and you already know this about me, a, a chatty Cathy. I'm I'm a people person. I know no strangers, People know me just because, and people know me just because of my energy, pretty much. And in in growing up, I had always been in, you know, made the host or the MC of an Mm -hmm. event, or in college they called me the next Oprah, (laughs) <laughs> that those are shoes to fill. But <laughs> but they called me the next Oprah and and they were like, Candace, if you don't make it, none of us will. So
2: There's a lot of pressure out here in these it's a whole lot of pressure. <laughs> if you don't make it, none of us if will. If you don't make
0: it, none of us will. But no, I I really appreciated that and I recognized that I knew um, I recognized about me that I was supposed to be in this industry, but I did not know what this industry was. Gotcha. I was thinking more radio, television, broadcasting. So when I went to college, um, Virginia State University, shout out HBCUs, um, I definitely majored in English, mass communications, and focused on radio, television, broadcasting. Now, like most people who graduate from college in a certain zone, or a certain focus, you come out and you do something totally different. <laughs> and for me, I ended up teaching. And during that teaching experience, I taught for four years, um, fifth grade—not fifth grade, eighth grade language arts. Really? Um, yeah. So, so it was still like kind of like my expressive opportunity because being in front of a classroom full of students was such a joy and of course me being the expressive person that I am it was like my stage right so I'll never forget my last year teaching my students were like you're not supposed to be here Wow. like you're you need to be on tv or radio or something like you need to be somewhere else and it was already first of all through the mouths of babes for those that that know the lord through the mouths of babes it was just It was interesting to me because I knew that my heart was being pulled in the direction of broadcasting, um, but never really took the faith leap to get there. And then after um, I made the decision to leave education and, you know, came to Atlanta and when I got here, um, I got connected with the Atlanta Metro Black Chamber of Commerce and helped to help to do communications there. Um, And then I. I saw an opportunity at Connecticut School of Broadcasting. They had an eight week program and they were like, yeah, you know, come on in here. We'll teach you new technologies and radio, television broadcasting. I was like, well, it's something to do, you know, something to get Mm -hmm. caught up on. If I decide to go in that lane, I was thinking I was going back to education when I got here. But I was like, let me take this program. At the end of that program, I then had to do an internship. That internship was with V103. Mm. which is the top radio station down here in Atlanta. And um, did that internship within a month. I was, um, they made me a producer. Um, uh, Shout out to Joyce Lattell, Um, Loving Relationships, Quiet Storm, produced her shows, and then continued for a span of maybe four years to um, To do shows between V103 and WAOK. And if you remember, that's when I met you and Ronnie, yes, because I friend. would have you all, I would book you all for the shows. And so um, after being a producer for a moment, I then wanted, I'm always looking for the next level in my career. And for me, that was being promoted to the promotions department. And because I was a writer and because I um, had media connections and because I am a people person, they made me the promotions PR manager. So I did the I managed the PR and media for a lot of our big events, car and bike show, FSO for Sisters Only um, and all of those major concert events that we would um, have a hand in. And then Next level, you know, because I, you know, radio doesn't really pay that well. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, no. Radio does not pay well. That's a whole other podcast conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um. <don't>,
1: hold on. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs>
0: Scraggly radio docs. Okay, yeah, these guys, <laughs> because they scraggly now. Then, let's be real. Um, start a podcast. Don't go on the
1: radio. Okay.
0: <laughs> but anyway, um, so um, when I shifted to, uh, when I was at the end of my, my journey there, I decided to go into PR full time. Um, I act- It actually chose me. Because there was a PR colleague that would always bring celebrities to the radio station. And he said, hey, have you ever thought about doing PR full time? I said, well, it's funny you ask that because I am looking to um, transition. And so he was like, well, the agency where I contract with, they are looking for somebody. You would be perfect. I then interviewed with that agency and then got that job. And in 2014, I left radio and went into PR full time. Nice. And I've been here ever since.
2: Nice, 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 nice. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm just curious before we get back into the, the tips and stuff like that. Since 2014 to now, mm-hmm. um, has it been what you thought it would be?
0: It's been more wow. than I thought it would be. Why do you say that? I say that because on the, f- the first part of my journey in PR when I was at the radio station, it was somewhat easy. Because with the things that we were doing, the media wanted to always be a part. They wanted to always be in the mix. So I didn't have to reach far.
2: And to, then a lot of time they probably want stuff from the radio station, too. So they like, we're going to cover your stuff because we want you to come out and cover that us. That part.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. So I didn't have I look, to reach far. I can't wait. It. Let me hear what happens when you got some of these old regular people out in these streets. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but I didn't have to reach for because they were always coming to me. They were always like, hey, can I get on the list? Hey, can I do this? Oh, I'll do this for you. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. But when I got into the other side of PR... <laughs> That was when I was like, oh, so, so they're not just going to come the way we want them to come. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was more of a grind, but I appreciated the grind because through that grind, I was able to build really solid connections with the media. Yeah, I had to learn how they wanted to be pitched, what they were looking for. And then there were things that I was learning in that space that, now our second nature to, me, you know, now it's like it, it was so necessary um, to go through that experience and in that transition. Okay. Um, another thing that that I uh, <laughs> had a great revelation about is that when you throughout your professional journey, never discount what took you to get to where you are. And, you know, with me being an educator, being a teacher of eighth grade kids, you know, puberty at its truest form. Lord Jesus. Um, But but that experience with those kids helped me deal with people in PR because celebrities and experts sometimes can be children. Mm. Sometimes they can. And 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 if they are in a space where they are Um, freaking out about something you know something that they're scared about or you know it having that patience to be like okay this is let's bring it back this is how we're going to handle this you know so it's 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 it was I see how that threaded into what I do and it allows me to have that patience to help navigate and to help educate clients on this is what it is this is not what it is this is how it works this is not how it
2: works that's, oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's good, that's good, that's um, good. So let me answer this, right? So you made the transition, you've been doing it, you're thriving in this space, um, leveraging what you had in the past mm-hmm. until now, dealing with childish celebrities. <laughs> you didn't oh, yeah. say all of them childish. You didn't oh, say all yeah. of them childish, right? <laughs> Not all
0: of them, Not all but of, all some, of them, right?
2: some, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and you've done all this. <laughs> What's been the hardest part about creating your own business in this space? Ooh. The hardest part about creating your
0: own business in this space is balanced. Mm. That's the hardest thing. As publicists, you know, we have to be tapped in all the time. Like we never turn off. Yeah. And, and especially in c- crazy news cycles like COVID or anything that's happening in the world, we have to be on and paying attention and watching news and watching whatever is happening online and social media. We have to keep a serious pulse on what's happening so that we can identify where we can interject our clients. Um and sometimes that means that you are living like hashtag no sleep gang. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Sleeping is out of whack. And of course when your sleeping is out of whack, your eating is out of whack. You may put on some pounds. You know what I'm saying? So, and then you may not have too much of a social life. And and that is especially um, the instance when it comes to those who are solopreneurs in this space um, or solopreneurs in any space because you're everything to yourself, to your yeah. company and to everybody. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that was the hardest part of of just balancing life. And, yeah, I'm happy to say I've graduated from that experience.
2: <laughs> okay. Awesome. Good, 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 good. <laughs> um, so let's break back into the, to, to the PR <laughs> part. So we talked earlier about Some of the misconceptions people have about them thinking it's easy them thinking they can just show up Mm -hmm. but how they need to have a story they need to have something that is timely right yes that the media wants to tap into they need to make sure they're ready to go at a moment's notice Mm -hmm. for people that you are working with are there other any any other big misconceptions that when you're first starting you have to kind of shift some mindset things around what are those things yes
0: i will say that the one of the biggest misconceptions is understanding marketing versus pr
2: That's good. Because as you just was saying that, I was like, "Ooh, I got one I just thought of. And that was along the same lines. Yes.
0: And that's a huge misconception. Because a lot of times people think that when they launch their business, when they launch their products, their services, or if they have an event, if they have books that they want to sell, whatever it is, they think that they immediately think PR. What they really need to think about first is marketing and advertising buys, media buys. The reason why I say that is because when you are when you are first coming out the gate with something, you want to make sure that you're setting aside a budget for advertising because that guarantees your placement in front of the target audiences that you're Uh trying to reach. Guarantees it. If you know that you are trying to target, um, you know, women between the ages of 25 and 54. And you can go on on the radio station that targets that market with their music and then you can do advertising buys there. Then that means that you're getting in front of that audience or they will at least yeah. hear it. Not only that, but if there is an event um, that is going to be in your city or wherever else you want to make sure that you're buying advertising or maybe even a on-site remote that's going to bring the people there on the day of or help sell tickets in advance. So those are things that we always tell people, um, especially if they're trying to sell books or anything like that. Now, here's the thing with books. I'll say this with books. um, Your, your whole goal is to sell the books, right? Right. So you have to put marketing dollars behind that social media ads, whatever. Now the, the PR side of it that actually helps uh, with story angles, is most times when you write a book, you've got a whole table of contents that's a pitch angle.
1: Mm,
2: every
0: single chapter is a pitch angle. <laughs> you know what that's I'm saying? Good. Yeah, I'm about Whether that. Whether fiction or nonfiction, and most most times for nonfiction, you have a specific um, topic that you're talking about in every chapter. Those topics can become pitch, All angles. pitch angles. Yes. Now, the reason why marketing and PR is different is because. When you have a full marketing plan, that is holistic. That's dealing with advertising buys. It's dealing with PR. It's dealing with social media. It's dealing with all things that is promotion-based. Now, PR is a line item in a mm. marketing plan, and it's not guaranteed. So people think that if they hire a publicist, oh, you're going to get me on Good Morning America. You're going to get me in the ABC. And I'll make money
2: when I get on it. And I'll make and money. And I'll make when- money. Ooh.
0: I'm so glad you said that. I'm just saying. It's not attached to money. (laughs) PR is not attached to money. It can help. It can help when we're able to um, place it and time it correctly so that the times when you're launching and this and the third, that can help. But that is not the goal of PR. The goal of PR is to tell the story. We work in what is called an earned media space. That means we trying to get you stuff for free 99. You know, what I'm saying we're trying to make sure that we are packaging the story angles in a way that the media is like, oh, I got to tell that story. We got to tell that story. Let's snatch this up, interview this person, put out something about it. That's the space that we work in. The paid side. There is paid media as a part of public, a holistic public relations plan. So just to break that down in a holistic public relations plan, you have earned media, which is the what we do. Then you also have paid media, which is the portion of paying for placements, because sometimes in, in PR there is pay to play opportunities. Um, there's also shared media, which is more social media sharing. And then you also have owned media. Owned media is your own channels, your own website, your own social media channels, your newsletter, all of that stuff. That is what you own and have control on. So, and we can touch all of those spaces for, for clients.
2: And, you know, as, as you were saying that and talking about how, you know, PR is a line item in the whole comprehensive between advertising and all these other pieces, what it made me think about too is the fact that when done correctly, they all support each other. Yes. So the fact that, hey, I got ads running, I'm advertising for for a few different reasons, right? But one, it's like, it's getting the message out, it's giving people a strong call to action, all of that. Mm -hmm. And even though those people may not buy right from your ad, when they see you, let's say they see you on the news, then it's like, I've heard of them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right? Or like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like I heard about them on radio. I didn't go to the website, but I heard about them and those things kind of pile up. And I, I know we used to do our documentaries. Um, you know, we would go into a city, we would, we would uh buy access to somebody's email list, or so somebody, whoever the local community person was, mm-hmm. that was like, they kept people abreast of all the things in to know. We'd have an email blast go out from that. Then mm-hmm. we, you know, buy some radio. And we'd have some radio advertisements going. Then we might be able to get on local news, mm-hmm. you know, in that in that market when we got there. But it was the totality of all those. It never was like just one thing. Right. I think a lot of times people look like, what's that? That mm-hmm. one thing, right? <laughs> that one Facebook <laughs> ad, that one <laughs> press hit. Like, what's that one thing that'll do it? But it never was the one thing. It was the fact that people had got the email. You know, heard the ad, mm-hmm. saw us on the news, yep. and like all those things together, was like, oh, this must be a big deal. Yeah, and I think subconsciously we get so we bombarded with so many messages. It takes all those different layers yes. of marketing yes. before you really come to somebody's like you subconsciously so there, they're hearing it, mm-hmm. but they're not hearing it. They're if not that makes sense. It.
0: But I'm so glad that you brought that up um, because this is the very reason why if you're going to do PR, it's important to engage us months ahead of time yeah i
2: learned it all the way
0: months ahead of time a lot of times people say okay, my book is finished and I'm dropping it on, on next week and I need a publicist that's going to help me. me,
2: I've done it. <laughs> hey, 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 the movie coming out, right? We told about the they'd be like, oh, yeah, when, when's the release date? Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, next month, what can we make happen? <laughs> Give me your price.
0: Exactly. they yeah. be like, sir, we don't
2: want to work for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Your expectation is going to be a little bit out of whack. It's
0: going to be out of whack because people, it, you don't want to wait until you're up against a launch to engage PR. Uh, We always tell people whenever you want to engage PR, you want to start at least four to six months in advance. The primary reason for that is because um, and it may be longer. It may be longer than that. Um, But the primary reason um, for four to six months is because if we are going to try and get you in book meaning into magazines that are timed around the same time that you're doing your launch. We need four to six months in advance to even pitch that, yeah. which is another misconception that people have. They think that we can call up a, a magazine this week and get you placed in the magazine for the next publication in, in two weeks. You know what yeah. I'm saying? doesn't happen like no. that, but with, that's another Lots part of advanced. the conversation. Right. <laughs> but it's important to engage us ahead of time. So number one, because you're when you're dealing with a a true publicity um, agency or um, or a um, practitioner, you have to understand that your first couple of weeks, maybe up to a month, depending on how much needs to be done it's going to be groundwork stuff. It's mm. going to be planning. It's going to be setting the pitch calendar. It's going to be doing workshops with your publicist on you know, the pitch angles that you wanna target. You know? Not only that, but then there's also going to be the gathering of assets. We need to make sure that we have your most updated pictures. We got to have your logos, high res yep. photos, all of that stuff. That? We got to create media kits. We got to create, we, most times we got to update bios. It's a whole bunch of things that we have to do to lay the groundwork that then we can put things together that's material that we can I- immediately attach to whatever we're pitching to the media. So that's why it's so important to engage us ahead of time. Uh, And then going to the timing of everything, when we're planning out that pitch calendar, we are looking at, okay, if this is your launch plan, then here's how the here's how we see our um, our graduation to getting there. And a lot of times we may have strategies. I know for us, uh, when we start working with somebody, we do like to start locally. Um, and start building the cachet there and then, you know, expanding regionally and nationally. Um, A lot of times, depending on who that person is and what they have, that stuff will happen simultaneously. Um, But we do have a strategy to get us there. And the whole point is to build the momentum so that they do experience what you said. I'm seeing them in newsletters, I'm exactly. seeing them here. And that's another thing, for clients with newsletters or email marketing, we need to know what messages you're putting out there too. Because we if there's something that we can pull out as a pitch angle, Or if it's something that we can help amplify that's going to tie into that, that's going to tie into the launch and tie into all those other pieces. It's important to communicate all of that stuff with your publicist.
2: I love it. That's good. Yeah. Now, for the people watching, um, I want to help them. And I'm thinking about two different types of people, right? Mm -hmm. First... For the people that are maybe new business owners, we've got some new business owners listening, mm-hmm. and they say, hey, you know what? I just want to try to get some things going on my own, right? The DIY folks. Mm-hmm. What are some like initial steps they can take to try to get their own press, if they were trying to land their own press?
0: Okay. So the first thing, and I'll go to my own signature framework for this. Okay. Um, and this is where you've heard me teacher, say teacher. Yeah. I didn't know you were teacher. I'm, I'm, like, I'm leaning into this teacher thing. Teach, you teacher. know, yes, yes. Teach teacher. <laughs> you said the very Kirk Franklin. Franklin-like. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, my framework, which, you know, anybody who's heard me speak, they've heard me say I am a sophisticated ratchet individual mm. and this framework is sophisticated ratchet. Yeah. Um, but it works. So, um, it's called do that. Okay. Right. So, do that or do that? Do that.
2: D A T. Okay, I that's thought okay, that's were ratchet. I thought, you hold on, let me clarify this.
0: Ratchet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mean, I'm, I'm or
1: ratchet,
0: right? So, no, um, the first thing in the do that framework is define your story. Okay. One thing I will always say, and people have heard me say this over and over again, you are more than your zone of genius, you are also your testimony. And the reason why that's so important is because people. Feel like PR is only worthy of expertise they feel like PR is only worthy of whatever you've got going on that needs promotion or whatever not the case because your personal life experience can also be newsworthy it just has to be timed right so for instance and this is a quick example I always give this example there was a celebrity client I was working with who was about to be on a new show um, on the Oprah Winfrey Network. It was called Greenleaf. And he wanted to maximize the opportunity to tap into the new audience of fans and followers that will come because of the show. So he wanted the publicist to help you know, position him and then also help get him out there in the news because he wasn't one of the he was a main character, but not one of the main. main. Sure. Gotcha. So he wasn't a part of the press tour. That they were doing for the three main people, but he could still do press. That's where I came in. I'm gonna do my own tour. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) You gonna know me? You gonna know me? Exactly. So in my conversation with him when we were onboarding, I asked him. I said, "Okay, so I know who you are as an actor. You know, tell me something about you that's outside of what you do." And so he was like, "Oh, well, you know, I." I'm an actor. You know, everything's on my IMDb page. And I'm like, no, sir. That's not... That's what you do and what people know you from. But what don't people know about you or don't know enough about about you? So that's when he said that he was like, well, I've had an acting school in Atlanta for over 20 years. Wow. Who knew? Um, He had written five books and a couple of essays that were all being sold on Amazon for years, okay? And then he told me about how... During the L.A. riots, he was awarded a a Medal of Honor from the city of Los Angeles for saving somebody's life during the L.A. riots. Wow. And here's the thing. It's not that you just saved somebody's life. Like, there's aerial footage of you saving this person's life every single time that the anniversary for the L.A. riots comes up. So people see this all the time, but they didn't know it was him. Right. And so um, in that moment... That particular year that we were talking, it was the 25th anniversary of the LA riots. So I was like, okay, bet. So, so you want press for your show, Greenleaf, but this is how we're going to start off. And we're starting with the LA riots. I was able to book him on CNN, HLN, Tom, join the morning show and a whole bunch of other platforms specifically to talk about the LA riots. But what happens at the end of every interview? At the end of every interview, the media uh, person is going to always ask you, so what's next? What's coming up? So you're still able to plug that in. Now I say this to everybody who's watching. Your testimony, your life experience can do the same thing for you. There is an observance, monthly, daily, weekly, sometimes right, observances that happen year round. Like today could be national wear black jeans day. <laughs> And if you made some black jeans that 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 is fashionable or whatever, you can plug yourself into the conversation if the media is talking about it. Most things like Black History Month, if if you are a new inventor of something, um, you also have... um, Domestic Violence Month, which is October. You have National Black Business Month, which is August. August, You know what I'm saying? You have National Preparedness Month, which is September. So, and National Women's History Month. All of these months and days and all of these things throughout the year that happen... You can plug yourself into the conversation. You just have to package your story and put it out there. Now, you want to target those things that you know that the media is going to talk about. They mm-hmm. may not talk about ice cream day. You know what I'm saying? Unless Ben and Jerry's is doing something yeah. innovative in the community. You know what I'm saying? Slow news cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Slow exactly. news cycle. Slow <laughs> news or if, you, or if you did create something, uh, a, a brand of ice cream that specifically caters to those on a specific diet, like a keto diet or something. like that then you can plug yourself into the conversation but you can't do that on the day of or the week of you got to pitch yourself ahead of time for that you know what I'm saying yeah so 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 but the thing the the point is you have to look at yourself professionally but also look at yourself personally and what are those things personally that you are comfortable in talking about I know I pulled on Lamar recently For mental health month, I was just like, go with me. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I pitched. Are you good for this? And you were able to jump in not only for an interview, but you were plugged into a panel discussion with other people who deal in the mental health space to specifically talk about your balance as a black man, as a father, as a business mentor and leader and all of these things to plug into the mental health conversation, and that opened the door for so yeah. many things.
2: And, and to pick it back, what you said earlier too. When I did that, it goes show you like they look for more than experts. Because mm-hmm. literally, like when I did the biggest piece, which is the panel that we did, you know, when I was was talking to the host the producer, the main thing she said was, we wanted a person that's not an expert to be on the panel because we got like the panel is full of experts. Mm-hmm. We need somebody that can just lend like an everyday. Joe perspective, and I was like, I am your everyday Joe. <laughs> I have everyday Joe. Every I got that down. <laughs> I got everyday Joe down pat. If you're watching this, you need an everyday Joe <laughs> in your show and network. Like you literally is me. I got that down.
1: I
0: love it. The next step in the do that process is align your story. So aligning your story is basically where you are identifying those media outlets that you actually want to be placed in, that you want to do interviews with. And ideally, these are people who are related to whatever it is that you're putting out there. So if you are a nonprofit organization that is dealing in philanthropy, then you want to target specifically... Those outlets that deal with philanthropy, or those writers that deal with philanthropy. Um, say, if you have a big um, grant that you're putting out there that's also attached to a celebrity, your primary Um, media targets will be the philanthropy, but then your secondary will be entertainment because you have a celebrity tie-in. So you want to make sure that you're aligning with those outlets that make sense for the story that you want to tell. The last step in to do that framework is time your story. And then that's when you are literally looking at the different times of the year, the observances, you know, Ice Cream Day, National Black Business Month, all of that stuff that we've talked about. You want to make sure that you are looking on, on where you can plug into the conversation in that
2: way. Uh, for individuals that say, "Hey, you know, I'm ready to invest in uh, mm. PR and publicists, right? I, I'm I'm looking for someone to hire. How should they go about hiring someone, right? I don't know should hire you, but <laughs> how, how should they go about hiring someone? Like, how do they look? Because this was something early on when we didn't. When we when we got to that stage, we we're like, "Hey, you know, we need press. Like, we're doing we're doing things mm-hmm. that the world should know about, right? But they're not." And we made I feel like we made a few missteps Cause I feel like, um, for one, now it's probably even harder than it was then because everybody's a publicist now. Right. It's like, hey, you know what? Which is know, uh, be I got careful. you featured in this real public, <laughs> <Right>. publicist mine. <laughs> I got you an Instagram live. Right. Publicist, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Um so so in the in a time where everybody says they're a the publicist. Mm-hmm. But when we first started out, I was running into two things. I was finding that there were Three levels of publicists that I found. Mm-hmm. Publicists that could dominate locally.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, hey, if I'm in this city, right, if I'm in Atlanta, there were yep. people like, they could get me booked Atlanta press, you know, left and right like that because they were tied in mm-hmm. like that. Then um, we uh, had publicists like that before, right? And it was great in those markets. Mm-hmm. But then when we traveled and went to other markets, it'd be crickets. Right. So then we say, okay, we need somebody with national reach. Mm-hmm. So we locked in with a national publicist and they got us all of the big hits, right? Mm-hmm. Your Ebony's, your Essence, your, mm-hmm. like all of the places we could only dream of being. Right. But when we got into all the local markets, they couldn't do anything because they didn't have any of those relationships. Yep. And they didn't know like a real publicist or press formula and format for getting us in a place they didn't have relationships. Right. I guess because being a publicist and PR is a lot of relationship. Yes. Building and mm-hmm. access and stuff. But then you still need somebody that, hey, if I'm going to the middle of Kansas, Wichita, mm-hmm. Kansas, and you don't have somebody in your back pocket that you went to school with or work with or, yeah. or have done things for in the past, you're not just pitch. Exactly. Right? And I feel mm-hmm. like the third kind with somebody like yourself that is both, right? Had relationships and was able to pitch. So when somebody's looking for a publicist, you know, I mean, should they keep that in mind? Is that, you know, where yes. to start? I don't know. If, like, maybe everybody don't take the L we took. We <laughs> took some L early on. No, people,
0: a lot of people take that L all the time. Um, I would say when you are considering hiring a publicist, the first thing that you want to do is try and find a publicist that specializes in your zone of genius. Okay. Now, now, this isn't a must, but it definitely helps in the long run. Because if, you are, um, if you've written a book, then you want to find a book publicist, somebody who already has specific relationships in the book space that can expose you quickly. Kind of like what you talked about with people who are local. Right. They can expose you quickly because they specifically have those editors. Now, here's the thing. Publicity, the strategies of PR are the same, meaning that we are always going to pitch. We are always going to find and curate the right contacts But those who have relationships in that space already can do it like this. Whereas those who don't have relationships in that space have to create those relationships or do introductions to kind of open the door. But the same way that we would pitch or a book editor would pitch um, the same way a book publicist would pitch. I can't talk. Sorry. The same way a book publicist will pitch a book editor is the same way an entertainment publicist will pitch an entertainment editor. It's no different in that space, but as far as the context, they are different. So that's number one. Um, Another thing that you wanna do when you are considering um, hiring a publicist is to be okay with asking for their background, their capabilities. Um, Most agencies will have a capabilities deck um, that will show case studies or will show a synopsis uh, synopsis of events or clients that they've worked with and the work that they've done on their behalf. Don't be afraid to ask for that. Um, And then just check, just check, because like you said, (laughs) there are so many people who call themselves publicists who are not publicists. And that is frustrating for those of us who are true publicists, because what ends up happening is they get burned by somebody else Then they get referred to somebody like myself or some of my colleagues that I know that do a great job. And when they get referred to us, they're bitter. They're frustrated. They've spent all this money. And we totally get it. We get it that you are spending your hard-earned money on that. Um, But they expect us to discount our prices. Mm -hmm. They expect us to give them a leg up because somebody else messed over them. No, that's not going to happen. So you definitely want to... Um, Make sure that you vet the person before you hire them. And then also, I have to add this. Please trust the strategy of your publicist. Trust the process. Trust the process because there are a lot of people who go into, oh, I done paid this money and and I better have five, five, six press hits tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Does not work that way. PR takes time. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. It is not going to happen overnight. Now, some things can happen overnight because if you go viral or if there's something that's breaking news, it can happen like that. But for the large majority of what we do, you have to be patient and you have to trust. And and part of building that trust is being able to have constant communication with your publicist. A lot of times, I know, at least for us in our agency, we have weekly calls with our meeting. I mean, weekly meetings with our 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 clients because we want to keep them abreast of the movement. Now, it's also okay to have biweekly meetings with your with your publicist. But if you're going a month without talking to anybody, then that's that's an issue. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And and just depending on your situation, I can't. Talk to everybody's situation, but um, it you just want to make sure that you have constant communication with your publicist, and also understand and be ready to be collaborative with your publicist. Publicists, we do a lot of digging, a lot of research, and a lot of curating and making things happen. Um, and as much as we pay attention to what's going on in the atmosphere, we may miss something. Do not feel that you can't say, "Hey." Hey, Candace, I saw this news article in AJC or I saw this um, this report on the news and I really would like to talk about that. Okay, great. So let's talk about what you want to say. So it's okay because we are we see our clients as family. You know what I'm saying? We should be able to hit each other up. I know I hit you up, Lamar. Hey, I need to quote real quick or hey, what do you think about this? So it's like we we want to be able to. To hit you up in a moment's notice to get whatever, to talk about whatever, but, but still keep things contained in a way that we can weekly or bi-weekly have those conversations and communicate and collaborate. All right. Another thing uh, that people need to prepare for when they're considering hiring a publicist is the budget. So a lot of times people think that they can pay $500 a month for publicity. I will say this you will get what you pay for. And a lot of times that's how people get messed over because they hire somebody who is, oh, I'll do this for you for $1,500. I'll do this for you for 500. And then they take your money and they make promises and they didn't do what they say they were gonna do. Mm, That's good. You know, so to prepare yourself for true publicity, if you are working with somebody who is a solopreneur, meaning it's just them and maybe one other person that helps them, you're looking anywhere between $2,500 a month to thirty five dollars or $4,500 a month.
1: Okay.
0: When you are dealing with um, a, a boutique agency that's maybe three to ten people working on a team, you're, you're looking at anywhere between 5000 to maybe and can go all the way up to twenty thousand, fifteen, twenty. Um, if you're dealing with a, a larger agency um, that is like a like a bigger agency, twenty and above, uh, meaning twenty people and above, then you're looking at starting around twenty to twenty five thousand per month, oh. and 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 that's where most celebrities live <laughs> yes. in that space. They're paying a whole lot of money. Um, but you're looking in that direction for those prices. So that is something to consider because you want to make sure that as you're planning budgets for anything that you're marketing or anything that you're doing, you want to make That's sure that you plan for it. that that price point.
2: Perfect. All right. So we've given people a ton of information. Yes. If they want to reach out to you, they want to learn more from you, they want to get you on the panel because I know you'd be out here speaking in these streets too yes. and teaching the people. Or they say, hey, you know what? I wanna see if she's the perfect person for me, for my brand, for my company to tell our message and story. How can I get in contact with you?
0: They can get in contact with me by going to my website. It is cmbettermedia.com and that's the letter C, the letter N, better as a feel better, media.com.
2: Awesome. Mm-hmm. And guys, we will drop that down to the show notes as well. So you can easily click on it and get access to Candace and her amazing company's uh, website information and then you can book a call through a consultation and find out she'll be a good fit for you. I wanna also encourage you again, right? Too many of you have amazing products and services, but just not enough people are seeing them. So hopefully use this as a beginning of pushing through those processes, get in front of more people, to get more exposure, to get your brand out there into the streets so you can make more money. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. Hey, do me a favor. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe and follow us on this platform right now to make sure you do not miss a beat as we drop new episodes and additional content every single week. Also, if you'd like to get access to a free paperback copy of my book, access to the TSP Traffic Sales and Profit free Facebook group, our challenges resources, our events, and more, make sure you visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com forward slash podcast.